Sponsored by the UCD Innovation Academy. You're listening to An Entrepreneur Like You with Dr. Lolly Mansi. Hi, I'm Dr. Lolly, and you're listening to An Entrepreneur Like You. I'm an entrepreneur and a lecturer in UCD's Innovation Academy, and I teach entrepreneurship, innovation, and creativity. And I believe that entrepreneurs are both born and made. In this series, we won't be talking to the Elon Musks and the Richard Bransons of this world. We'll be talking to people just like you. Hi, and welcome to An Entrepreneur Like You with me, Dr. Lally. And today my guest is Kieran O'Connor. Oh yeah, how's it going? Thank you very, very much very for having good. me. You're very, very welcome. And uh, you're just telling me you're incredibly tall. I've just told me you're six foot three. Six foot three, yeah. Last and time new medical was done six months ago, six three. So it could be six four by now. I'm not too sure. <laughs> and you're a young entrepreneur, so I want to give the listeners just an idea. So how young are you? Uh, 21 years old. 21. Okay. Yes. So what we're going to do is we're going to reveal your product firstly, and then we'll talk about how you got to this point with your product. So the point of this, uh, the radio show and the podcast really is to kind of find people that are unusual entrepreneurs, early stage entrepreneurs. And a lot of people come in even from secondary school um, into sort of the university system in some way or into one of the accelerators. So Dogpatch have one called Patch, for example, that's part of the NDRC, and they help people formulate their ideas. But you seem to have hit the ground running really hard and I'm sure there's a big backstory. It's a little bit like the people go, oh my God, he was an overnight success, but they don't realize there's, you know, five yeah. years before that of, of hard graft. So, so what is your product? Basically wholesale overnight oats in different flavors to different cafes, coffee boxes, gyms across North Dublin. We have two in the city center. Uh, one in the south side and one in Ashburn so we're slowly from North Dublin making our way out and hopefully like as long as people like them we have something to do every week so the more cafes and coffee boxes that come on board happy days like so it's a North know. Dublin takeover yeah exactly yeah <laughs> well, that, that's where I'm from myself where in North Dublin? Malahood okay and uh, I just started from there like I, I can get into the backstory, but um, yeah, let's let's talk about oats to start with before we, we yeah. find out how you got into all of this. So obviously oats are um, having a resurgence at the, the last couple of years in the sort of the health food market, but also yeah. um, for the fitness market, right? So the protein aspect of it. Um, I mean, it used to be in the days of, uh, uh, you know, my granny would be cooking breakfast. It was always porridge, right? So we have a history of that in Ireland and all the Celtic countries, of course, where you start with something warm inside you in the, in the winter months. So, you know, why... Why did you start looking at oats? Where did that come from? People ask me all the time how to come up with it. And I honestly, I can't. Like, there's not like one day I was like, right, I'm going to do this. Um, I'm going to be carrying the oat guy. Yeah, literally. Like, <laughs> I, I, I've been I've been eating them for years myself. So I actually, a lot of people don't know this, but I started a meal prep company when I was 17 okay. called Soul Kitchen. Okay. And completely bit off way more than I could chew. I cooked like 458 meals out of my house. Boxed wow. them, put stickers on them, delivered them myself that night. It was a nightmare. So a bit off way more than I can chew and I had to stop that. But the breakfast on the meal plan was overnight oats. Okay. It was Oreo overnight oats and everyone loved them. And um, I'm, I'm quite a, like a fitness fanatic. Like I, yeah. I train MMA. So okay. like your diet is everything in MMA. Yeah. So leading up to fights or competitions, um, I'd always be having oats in the morning because... Yeah. I'm not going to bore people with the science, but... Um, no, oats, do. Bore us with the science. <laughs> oats, oats are a, they're a water-soluble fiber. So yeah. basically what that means, it breaks down over time. So yeah. it keeps you fuller for longer. Right. Um, and then they're delicious as well, which helps keep the taste bud happy too. So um, I, I was eating them for so long and 
I made them, I'd make them for a couple of people and they'd be like, these are deadly. Like, how do you make them? It's not that hard. Like, yeah. And um, we're a year trading next month. It was around last Incredible. last June, July. Um, I started like researching, getting different little pots in, like sampling pots, sampling flavors, like researching the market, just just making it up as, as I go. Like literally, yeah. I launched the Instagram, started taking orders through DMs from my friends and stuff. Yeah. Kind of like... Instagram was huge. Instagram's kind of where I, I built the, the business completely. Instagram and word of mouth, I decided I wanted to start wholesaling, but people were asking me for them. So I was like, all right, I'll do that. And then I started home delivering and I'd set up my own website. I hired like four or five drivers. They were going out every single Saturday, created my own website where people could order from. And then I had like a couple of cafes. So a cafe yeah. would approach me and I'd wholesale them out to them. And it's a whole, it's a long story from like last August to where we're at now like it's huge like yeah. just learning as I'm going and stuff but um, I always say it's not like a learning curve it's really like a rocket straight up into the sky right there's nothing that can prepare you for that but let's go back to your earlier earlier days then so you already started a company at 17 so what is it in your family DNA that makes you an entrepreneur? I'm an outcast <laughs> I am the what is it called? The, the black the, sheep? I'm the black sheep I am completely the black sheep I'm Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm very different to... Do you have brothers and sisters? Uh, I have an older brother, yeah. yeah. He is a sports journalist for The Independent. Okay. I think it's The Independent. Okay. Um, and then my ma, she was in childcare her whole life for right. 25 years. And uh, she works with me now as well. So she works part-time in a florist in Clontarf. And um, my dad died when I was eight. So he died okay. 13 years ago. And he was a carpenter by trade. So there's no... Like, I don't, I don't think I have any uncles, cousins, anyone that works for themselves. There's no one in my family okay. that works for themselves. But no. you are from a family of grafters, you know, and, and everyone works and everyone works hard. I mean, Absolutely, you know, yeah. You're, fair play to your mum coming on board. I mean... <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's, my, it's very my, my, cool. Like, I have five employees now. It's two of my cousins, yeah. uh, my uncle, my mum, and one of the girls that I train with. She, <laughs> she She went professional last year and she worked in Aldi as a manager. Yeah. Um, but she had to quit because, like, all her time is taken up with training. So right. she asked me for a job. Okay, because um, you can be flexible. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, so our, our production, we prep everything on a Thursday and then on a Friday is our production day and then Saturday mornings our like, deliveries roll out. So okay. it's kind of like that's the structure of the business. So talk me through, so you went to school and then you're, are you still at school when you started your first business? Yeah, so I kind of, I, I was very good in school and like primary school and then I kind of, after like fourth year, I kind of stopped going to school. Okay. Like I wasn't, I wasn't very studious or academic. You hear that from a lot of entrepreneurs. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Y- you know what it was? It was just, it was just being told what to do. Yeah. And it was just the whole, the schooling system. Like I'd be here all day talking to you about it. And on, on a on a radio show, I might say some things that I regret. Okay. Kind of we can gloss myself. over school. But exactly, yeah. But um, It didn't serve you. No, yeah, no yeah. It, just, it just wasn't for me simply. Um, it's kind of like a very direct like yep. you study, you do exams. That's it. If you don't, if you're not like I was, I was told in school like that. I, I wasn't told like it's not kind of like that. I think people kind of, kind of make it a lot of a bigger deal than it is. It's like, but I knew that I wasn't, I wasn't good in school. I'd have teachers down my neck like, where's your homework? Didn't have this and that. And then right. from fourth year on, I kind of just stopped going ultimately. Um, and it's actually very funny. <clears throat> I worked in a in a cafe in Malahood Village. I've like I've been a chef for the last five six years. Apart from the last year, just been running the business. And my mom used to drop me to school and I used to walk in, walk back out and walk down to the cafe in Malahide and go into my boss and he'd be like, what are you doing? And I'd be like, I'm just going to work. And he'd be like, you're not yeah. getting paid. And I'd be like, all right. <laughs> and yeah. I'd work for the day and then I'd go home in my school uniform. 
I swear to God. No so word you of preferred lie. work to school because work, work school didn't serve you, and I to, I totally get that. I hear that all the time from entrepreneurs that school way the school system is set up is about memory, and it's not a true indicator necessarily of of your of your real intelligence, but it's also it doesn't give you the variety of subjects that might inspire you. And for some people that are that think differently in a more curious way, that would be the, the, the cornerstone or the touchstone of all entrepreneurs, we see the world slightly differently, right? A world of problems to be solved. Mm. And so when you don't have a an education system that's based around problems to be solved, but it's more about this is what happened in the past or these are the facts or whatever, it's not going to engage your brain in the same way. So what was the problem that you were solving with your first business when you went from chefing into meal prepping? I honestly can't remember putting a, a finger on it, but it's just like I'm, I, I think, not to be egotistical, but I'm very well known in the area for being like a chef, like yeah. good at food. Like I was, I was a huge... Where did you train as a chef? Um, I went to college yeah. in uh, Grange Gorman. Yeah. I did the... Culinary arts is weird the way it works. You can do two years and get a level six. Yeah. You can go into your third year, do your Erasmus and do the full four years and get the BA. So I finished uh, the level six in May and I passed all my exams. And so I'll graduate from that in August and then I can go back and do the BA if I want as well. So yeah. And then other than that, it's just experience from working in different restaurants. Um, I've worked in about three or four different places and then... Uh, just kind of a whole different world open up to to where I'm in now. I'm still quite tied into the restaurant industry. But well, that'll all, help. All, yeah, exactly. So, but all my focus is just I kind of focus on what's in front of me and what's yeah. working and not try. In the chef world, did you in the world of chef training? Did you get the mentors that you needed? Definitely yeah, not. No, I, I've I've heard that before as well. There's an amazing guy called Chad Byrne who's uh, in Killarney who's set up this thing called Chef Collab, and and what he's doing is he's trying to put young trainee chefs in touch with chef mentors that basically are going to sort of help you guide your career and mm. like I think that's something that's really missing between the colleges and the sort of the actual practice of it right you just kind of have to get lucky with your lectures like I, I definitely had a couple of lectures that were very good and very useful one of them kind of opened up a huge a huge door for me um, which I'm dealing with at the moment but yeah it's kind of it's different to it's the type of industry that you need to love you need like I'm obsessed yeah. with food and you have to have that obsession because otherwise you'll hate it like it's like an art form yeah. it's like I'm not I'm not a sculptor I'm not a painter I can't draw a sun like but if like someone loves that they'll do that it's quite similar with food it's that whole like creative part of your brain the form and that sense of identity like that's kind of my sense of identity like I'm obsessed with food I genuinely am so as long as I am like I'll I, I guess that kind of corresponds to the business why the oats are always so consistent and yeah. they're delicious like people love them like I've, I still eat two a day like yeah. genuinely so I, like I went down to the I was telling you before I went down to the centre because I had none I wanted to bring some to you and I walk in <laughs> and they all, they all know me there because it's my childhood shop like. well I love the fact that you're buying your own product as well that's know, hilarious yeah. <laughs> thank you for the oats <laughs> yeah I hope you like them <laughs> I'll, I'll give you good feedback so so the the early days of the of the meal prepping was that based on a health food mentality as well yeah I think so I think I took a year, I got a predicted grades. I was yeah. the first ever COVID baby. Like okay. when the, when, remember it was two weeks off in March? Yeah. That was my leaving cert year. So I got, probably got, I think I got like 140 points or something. Okay. Like I got nothing. And I think it was that summer I set it up. I took a year out after the leaving cert and I just worked and, and trained and yeah. kind of just lived. I think it was, yeah. I, I just, I must have just seen a gap in the market. And yeah. it, it kind of all makes sense. Like my food identity my physical health identity like that I'm so like I played football for 12 years at a very high level and then I've been competing in mixed martial arts for the last five six years so kind of they kind of both correspond together so 
like a, a healthy meal, trying to help people maintain their calories, like eat healthy meals that are also delicious and nutritious and stuff. And I, people always ask me to go back to it, but it's just a whole different ball game doing uh, meal prep. It's also a more crowded space because a lot of people have gone into it, and you you would even see it now in Little and Aldi, you know, where they're rolling out sort of you know that a sort of healthy yeah. version of that, you know, five hundred meal calorie meal, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, high protein and the rest of it. But I think that the the issue really is the is the has to be the ingredients, right? Yeah. It has to be going back to high quality ingredients which aren't cheap to source. No, and a lot of them meals like. Not talking down on them, but you read yeah. the back of the packages, and it's just yeah. it's just preservative and different acids and stuff. And it's like I I've completely changed my diet in the last like year. Like I I don't eat any packaged anything. Yeah. Like I like I'm not a lunatic, and of course I have the odd takeaway. Like I'm I eat chocolate, like I'm human. Yeah. But most of the time, <laughs> or like I I buy just chicken breast. Like I tell my mom, don't buy me any packets with sauces and that look nice because you go into the supermarkets and they're just filled with packets with tikka masala and pictures that look great, but you open it up and if, you, if anyone reads the back of it, like yeah. the amount of preservatives and horrible chemicals that you're putting into your body, like you yeah. are what you eat ultimately, and that's why I I've worked so hard. Like the oats. It's not hard what I do. Like it's literally yeah. there's no preservatives, no added sugars. There's accurate macro counts from the lab. They're they're tracked on my fitness pal. Like they're just they're just deadly. Like <laughs> to put it in a nutshell, yeah. So soul food. Let's go back to the name. So soul yes. food was the name of your first rollout. Soul right? kitchen. Or soul kitchen. Was the meal right. prep company. Right, yeah. right. Well, that makes sense. So why is it related to soul? It's very funny. Um, I go speak to this woman every once in a while. She, she's probably me therapist. I don't see her as me therapist. Um, when I was in school, I go off on rambles all the way. So call me up if I start just talking no, nonsense. You're great. But. Oh, you know rainbows in in secondary school. Yeah. it's like the talk you go for and um, bereaved children or yes, people, yeah. children with uh, divorced parents and all. So I used to go because I get two classes free on a Tuesday. Right, because that's when it was on. So I was like, lovely, two classes off. Um, <laughs> and I was the only person. Like I'm, I'm an open book. Yeah, I kind of wear my heart on my sleeve, so to speak, in very specific terms. Like I'm quite. I'm not antisocial, but I'm quite reserved. I'm quite of a private person. Yeah. But so, but when I'd be in this situation with like other kids that were younger than me and all, I'd be talking. But I'd never actually address my own problems. Right. It was very funny. And then this woman came along called Sharon, and it was the first time I ever spoken to someone. Like my when my dad died when I was eight, my mom had put me into every single child bereavement, yeah. everything, and I'd, I'd end up getting like kicked out basically because I'd just be t- taking the mick with them. I yeah, wouldn't be. Yeah actually talking so Sharon's the first person I'd ever talked to I go see speak to everyone so I'm actually seeing her tomorrow and she said to me a while ago she caught me up in it she was like it's very funny how you've used soul and everything you do because I uh, started a podcast as well it's called Soul Talk Um, I'm just launched my 13th episode on on Sunday thank you and uh, she said it's funny that it's soul it's coming from your soul like it's coming from something that you actually care about like and I yeah. think that's very important getting into business. It's when it's something that you actually care about. It's not money driven. It's not fame driven. It's not ego driven. Like there's there's strong foundations and roots to what I do. So as long as I just focus on that, like everything else will work out, you know. Do you know there's brands that would give their right eye for the way that you talk? <laughs> well, I'm, ju- I'm just <laughs> and it's coming. My best. It's coming so naturally. So so you know you're identifying their you know your core values. So sometimes when people are creating businesses, they have to sit and think, what are my core values? Yours just fall out of you, which is gorgeous, you know. So you you've, you've got this authenticity about about what you're creating. You have to believe in it, but you also live it and walk it right so you're you know you're you're experiencing we well, you want other people to experience what you have so in some ways is it that 
your products are your gift to other people because that's kind of what it feels like. It's like I'm going to create something really healthy and it's going to be good, but it's also going to make you feel better. And do you think, have you ever thought about it in those terms that that's sort of the output of what you're doing? There's, that's where I think the soul comes from. I'd say so, yeah. It's, it's, you, you're after putting it very well there, to be honest. Yeah, and one, it, it, someone very close to me as well, she said it to me only a week or two ago. She was like, I think I was having a bad day, whatever. And she was like, Caroline, you need to realize what you're doing. Like, you're creating jobs for your family. You're after building something from nothing. You're after, like, people eat the oats and they love them. They, well, you're feeding their soul. You're feeding their soul. It's Literally. food for the soul. That's what it is, you yeah, know? Yeah. So it's cool. And then I've created a, pl- a platform that I'm able to, I try to give back as much as I can, get involved in as much as I can. So yeah. it's just, it's just deadly. Like, there's no, I, I kind of, I very seldomly sit and dwell on all I do and try, like, I, I, like I'm not toxic about it, but I give myself a pat on the back and stuff. But I don't, I don't sit and dwell. I'm, I'm always thinking constantly. It's always too how, much to do. Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, that too. But I'm always constantly thinking of, okay, that was good. How can I do it better? How, yeah. how can I keep pushing? You know, I very, I very seldomly sit and dwell. I think it's it, it's really fascinating to sort of see how it's all come together. And I, I do realise it's sort of still only early stages. Um, so what I'd like to do is I'm going to take a little break. But then after the break, I want to come back and I, wanted, I want you to talk me through step by step. How have you built this? Because in you know by sharing this knowledge also, other people may go, well, I have a really good idea, but I wouldn't know where to start. Mm. So after the break, we'll start there. Happy days. And welcome back to An Entrepreneur Like You with Kieran. So Kieran from Soul Food. Now, uh, we are at Soul Oats. You're from the north side of Dublin. We just had a little chat in the break there about Northern Soul uh, and, and and all of those lovely things that go alongside of that. But we're now edging into sort of branding and future products, perhaps. So let's take it back a bit to um, how you got started. So Tell me through the process. You already knew then about supply chain from your first business, which is find your customer, give them something that they want, solve a problem that they've got. Maybe they were commuters, maybe they're too busy because of their work life and you were giving them good, healthy food, but you realized doing that out of your home kitchen is oh, unsustainable. Jesus Christ, you asked me my about it. I have a picture of me, but uh, my hair was longer than all. I was I was wearing chef whites in my own house yeah. and I had 458 meals stacked up on my kitchen table oh my trying God. to bag them up and write people's names on them because I was going out for deliveries. I think it was like 28 orders or something I got okay. for 15 meals. So like do the math, it was something like 458 meals or something. Yeah, it's crazy. And are these in little styrofoam boxes or how are you? Like Chinese boxes, yeah. yeah, I, went through, yeah. I got a Musgraves card and went <laughs> There, printed out stickers and I, I printed out and I had to handwrite each uh, each recipe because oh I God. didn't have like a print a printing sticker right, machine. Okay. So I just got like one sample with so it was like my logo, little circles with all the calories and just two underlines. So I'd write down like uh, uh, chicken arabiata, four hundred and fifty eight calories. Blah 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 blah. I used to I handwrite every, every single order. one. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's did that crazy. the night before. Yeah. There's a, an amazing guy called. Uh, um, I can't remember his name. That's terrible. I should know it. He started something called the Trap Kitchen and it was out of London and he lived in one of those sort of high-rise block estates in uh, East London and he started cooking kind of Caribbean mashup but like kind of with crab claws and things and it was like this insane food and he was selling it in styrofoam boxes and people were doing drive-bys and like the police came along because they thought he was actually selling drugs out of his yeah. house because there were so many it people. It like it, yeah. And uh, he was making a fortune but and he tried to take that into retail and it just didn't work but eventually he got a, a backer and he moved in that way like kind of. So that is kind of, you know, if you're going to be able to scale you're going to need an industrial kitchen or maybe a dark kitchen, you know, somewhere, yeah. you know, in, in 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 that way and then sort of produce, you know, large numbers. So you, you lose the content 
contact then with your customer. Yeah. So I, you know, going into this next business, then where you've identified, okay, there was a, a portion of this that people really loved, and it was the outs portion. So maybe I'll just. I'll just concentrate on that. Was this a Nixer idea or like, did you think strategically about this? Or? No, so like it actually, I, I didn't think about Soul Kitchen at all. I kind of, I'm not sure if I mentally blocks it out of my brain from having to just leave it there. I was like, oh, it could have been so good. Like I remember it back, I was like, yeah, people love the oats, but it wasn't like people love the oats, now I'm going to just do the oats. Right. I remember uh, these three lads from Malahide, to be quite friendly with them. Um, they own a coffee box in Malahide right. and they asked me to come down to them and uh, to, they were thinking of uh, making healthy food products and stuff and because like they know like I'm quite well known for food in the area yeah. they were asking my ideas and all they were like we're thinking of doing chia puddings yogurt bowls overnight oats and stuff and I was like yeah yeah that's cool like, it's not that hard just do this boom 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 that's grand this is how you deal with the edge officers it's it's like pretty straightforward for someone who knows what they're talking about Like, yeah. I think that kind of sparked something in me I was just like people aren't really doing these and I kind of I researched a little into it I was like there was one company that was doing it mm. and I tasted them and they, they weren't great like and I knew that mine were a lot better so like it it genuinely wasn't one day and you know what's very funny I don't think I've ever admitted this to anyone the whole time I was setting it up and doing it it was kind of like a joke like it was yeah. like I wasn't actually going to do it like I was emailing people to get logos developed and stickers done and I bought pots and I was buying stuff and all but the whole time it was like it was like such an out of body experience it was like I wasn't I didn't try at all as hard as I've worked the last year, it was like I, I didn't, nothing was forced at all. And there's, a, there's a part of entrepreneurialism about that's about play, right? Which is like not having a vested interest as in, oh my God, I've got this bill coming up and I have to make 10 grand for it or whatever, you know, like, so there's, you're taking the sort of the, 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 the emergency aspect out of it. If you play creatively uh, within your area and you're, 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 you know, you're messing around and you're trying different things to see what works and you've got no risk of failure, as in failure is a, a, a negative thing and it's shameful, that's where real innovation comes from. It comes from that sort of perfect fit of between the problem and the solution, but also then, you know, your special source or your, you know, your, your USP, as it were, like kind of of what you're bringing to it. So in some ways you did it all right without even knowing what you were doing. I right? think so, Naturally. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Like, and then it was literally just make the Instagram. I actually, I, I forgot about this part as well. Uh, just before I started the outs, I started a private catering Instagram page and I got business cards made and I put them out into the shops and everywhere. What um, was that one called? Karen O'Connor Private Catering. Okay. And I did two jobs um, for friends of friends, so yeah. they're probably just trying to support me or whatever, but it went well. I did two jobs and one private dinner actually and I really enjoyed it, but yeah. I just, it just, no, it didn't really feel right. And so I used that Instagram and I changed it to Soul Food. So okay. Soul Food used to be called, I think it was called O'Connor underscore PC. Like I still have... Soul Food's way better. Soul Food is way better. <laughs> way better, yeah. So changed it. Um, I put up pictures. The pictures are still up. Yeah. And then just started taking orders. Like, And then... Why Instagram? I don't know. I've never really used Facebook or I okay. don't think I've ever had a Twitter account. Okay. So it's just... It's I, just what you had. Yeah, it's just, just what I decided to do. Like it wasn't like... Nothing was really strategically made. It was like I literally... I got a couple of different samples of pots. I messed around with the recipes. I messed around with flavours. I picked four flavours to start with. What did you start with? The Biscoff one, still yeah. there, bestseller. Or Protein Oreo, still there, bestseller. The Berry one, which I'm thinking of discontinuing soon. And a vegan apple one, which okay. I did for about a week and no one wanted. Okay. <laughs> I just, okay. I tried to keep everyone in yeah. the food 
bracket happy. So you had like a protein one, you had a nice biscuit one, you had a fruit one, and you had a vegan one. Yeah. So every like anyone wants this pot of soul food, like there'll be something there for everyone. That's what I still try to do. Okay. And where did you, how did you develop your recipes? Because I know the Biscoff is the one that is My out brain. the door. Yeah, yeah, the Biscoff. The lads in the warehouse are sick of the sight of Biscoff. But um, no, they're still, they're just like, I am just amazed every time I eat one. Like it's just, they're just It deadly. just works. Um, yeah. I just, I, I definitely, I missed it. You go onto the Instagram, I have two highlights called The Journey. Yeah. So you can go all the way back to what I'm talking about right now and see the Biscoff of what it used to look like. I remember I like broke the biscuit in half and put it on top. Whereas now I just, I just, I just picked away and it looked cool and it tasted good and people liked it. So yeah. That's like this still the grassroots of every single Friday in production. I walk around and I make sure everyone's putting that biscuit down properly and stuff, which Sharon told me to stop doing because perfectionism <laughs> can kill you as well. She, her words, you need to stop caring what the biscuit looks like. I go, no, Sharon, that's the chef coming out of me. But, well, uh, done is better than perfect, right? And yeah. you, you don't want to, I do hear about a lot. There's a lot of burnout stories I could tell you, you know, in terms of especially young entrepreneurs that just take on so much, they don't realize how much more is coming, you know, and they, they, they don't manage to pace themselves. You're probably be all right because you're energetic and sports orientated and yeah. that's one of the offsets I think of the I, mental I, stress. I did experience burnout about two months ago. Yeah. It was a messed up time in my life for about three weeks and um, just absolutely dead, like strapped to the couch for about four days. I couldn't stand up. Um, and what was the, what was the run, run up to that? I think it was, I was in college. So from January to May, um, when the business completely took off, yeah. my college grades dropped. I went to about half of the classes in my second semester. And I still, I always find a way. I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'd like to think of my st- myself as an unstoppable force. Like I will, I will always find a way, no matter what I do. So I did. I passed all my exams. My well, you don't want like, that to be famous last words. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. No, that, that is true. Also, I, I like to check in with myself and keep myself good. But um, I like I got college out of the way, and then when I finished college, um, I was in. I took a job in Six by Nico in Dublin. Um, a restaurant in town. Do you I know, know Six by Nico? That's crazy. Deadly. Why are you taking a job? It's it was unbelievable. <laughs> I, I brought me ma out for dinner. Um, I like to bring her out every once in a while because I've done it for years because she doesn't have someone there to take her out. So yeah. I'm always I'm kind of me mommy's Aww. boy, you know. Um, so we went for dinner and I, as I said, I'm quite reserved. But in certain scenarios, like you won't stop me from talking. So the head maitre d came down and she was talking to me. And I was talking to her and I told her I was a chef and she was like, do you want a job? I was like, not really. And I was like, you know what, this place is pretty cool. Like, here's my number. Pass it on to your head chef. Like, what will be, will be. The head chef rang me. was like, we're short staffed. Do you want to come in for a trial? I was like, all right. So I went in and uh, they loved me. They asked me in for an hour trial. I did a six hour shift on the pass. Like, I I ran the second course because like, not being egotistical, I'm flawless in the kitchen. Like, I am flawless in the kitchen. I really am. And, in my head, I was like, right, I finished college. I only so run the business. So therefore, I can have a full-time yeah. job. <laughs> well, yeah, because well, no, I told them uh, they, they offered me a contract three days a week. So it was dead handy. So I was like, look, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, prep is on a Thursday and production's on a Friday. We don't deliver anymore. I don't really do prep. I'm kind of just there on a Friday's in the warehouse. Yeah. Um, so I was like, grand. But... I maintained, so I went in and did my job. I was in Six Point Nico for about five weeks. I, like, I'm really, really good at my job, so I was grand there. I was maintaining the business, but my mental and physical health yeah. just... Yeah. And um, just a couple other things in life. There's always stuff going on in life. Everyone has their own stuff. It's always just the one more thing will come. Exactly, a bit yeah. of emotional turmoil or something. And exactly. that's it. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I like to, like, I work a lot of myself. Um, I meditate twice a day. I like to meditate twice mm. a day, like some days I mightn't. 
you know, I read, I check in on myself, I do, I do a lot of self-growth work. To put it in a nutshell, I work on myself harder than anything else because if I think if you do that, everything else will fall into place. Like the business, yeah. the business will run itself. If my mental and physical health isn't good, the business is going to fall. I'm not going to be a strong leader for my staff. Um, I'm, if I'm not going to MMA training, like I'm not in my own, my own little life, my own community. Um, I think I, I didn't, I wasn't training at all. Um, I wasn't going to the gym. Right. I was eating crap. I was, right. I'm yep. not much of a drinker. I, I, I don't do drugs at all really, but I kind of, I let work engross me. Yeah. And my own per- mental and physical health just completely declined. For about, for about three, four weeks, I was dead. It's the common condition of the entrepreneur that, that you need, you said that you have the discipline, you know, it's both innate in you naturally, but also you have it from sports. And you can apply that then to your business and you will be successful because it's it's a combination of hard work, luck and ideas and then personality, right? And then connections after that. So, you know, all of those things can be can be managed. But as soon as one thing starts to slide, and it's usually that we get so busy with our daily lives or the small micro tasks that we hadn't anticipated or the changes or, you know, you need to chase a, few, a new lead or you lose one or something like that or you lose staff members something like that that will go on and then you're the the very the only person that steps in is you right because it's all on your shoulders which you think will be fine but then you're not going to training because you're not going to training your body and your mind aren't aligned therefore you're probably not meditating therefore you reach something unhealthy and it's so mm. on so on and so forth yeah, it's a ripple, and so you would effect. you would hear that from this sort of you know, there's a certain type of entrepreneur that's like oh I'm up at 5 a.m and I've you know already like worked out and done my meditation before I even hit my emails but for the majority of people that's not feasible and Hannibal, yeah. the majority of people are living more natural, normal lives, you know, than this. And so, you know, it's a case of, it's constantly just very boring word of balance, but it's a case of trying to balance, but also not being so disciplined that you can't have fun, but also not having so much fun that you lose the ability to stay mm. disciplined, you know. Constant so balance. This is why Sharon is right. Don't worry about the biscuit placing, you know, yeah. because it's just, it's just one more thing that you're obsessing over that you could probably let go. And when your team is up to scratch, you won't need to worry about that anyway. No one's going to not buy a second pot of oats because the biscuit was off, you know, know so, yeah, or off placed. So, yeah. so, you know, so that level of perfection will drive you nuts and will, we'll, you know, it can cause burnouts. I remember a, a very famous entrepreneur called James Welton who set up Coda Dojo and this was a, a coding, free coding practice for kids. Um, and he was in his 20s by the time he set up his 100th company. And he talked to me about having three burnouts uh, by the time he was 28, you know. And so when, if you talk to more entrepreneurs, you'll realize that sort of, you know, it's the it's the dark underbelly of all of this, which is you can achieve incredible things. Um, and, you know, there will be the excitement of all of the sort of the unwritten future ahead of you. But at the same time also, you do need to remember that like you're a human being and you have to manage stuff and not everything is is in your control. So there will be th- things that are emotional, emotional terminals for example that you can't exercise away or you can't work away most people that are entrepreneurs will default into work to hide from those things mm. and that just seems to be a pattern so you know just just remember as you go on your on your on your adventures and your journey that sort of you do need a little bit of extra time for stuff occasionally you know when it when it comes along but uh taking on a, a job when you have a new business is nuts <laughs> yeah no it was mad so i had to i had to talk to one of the executives i went back in i had me apron in my hand and she grabbed me she grabbed me by my jacket and she goes no please come back i want to go on a holiday i go that's the only reason you want me here yeah. so uh, i had to now i dropped my apron back in and i cutting toys i think 
it's like with the business, like I had to stop yeah. uh, Soul Kitchen. Yeah. And some people might look at it as failure, but I think knowing when to stop is very, very important. It's essential. And it's not a failure, yeah. but like knowing when to stop Six by Nico, knowing when to stop uh, Soul Kitchen, like it was the just making the right judgment calls because yeah. I wouldn't have been able to maintain Soul Kitchen. I wouldn't have been able to maintain Six by Nico. Well, I would, but then other things But your start business to would fall. have suffered, yeah, absolutely. I think I, I, would, have, I would have suffered ultimately. Yeah. I did suffer. yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, I mean, next, you know, the learning there is that next time, and unfortunately, there will be a next time because there always is for us. But um, where it's kind of trying to get to okay, these are the indicators that I might be taking on too much, you mm. know. And when you think you are unstoppable as a force, uh, you'll be think you could do everything, you mm. know. And, and and that's a that's a particular entrepreneurial trait as I'm well actually, to take I'm, on too much. I'm going through another one right now as well. <laughs> I'm. Uh, in college, long story short, uh, I'm competing on the junior national team at the Chef Olympics in February. Wow. Eight chefs in the whole country and I'm one of them. The Chef Olympics. Chef Olympics. I didn't even know there was such a thing. No one knows what it is. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> if you're in the industry, it's the, the biggest competition in okay. the world. It's, a, it's on the border between Germany and France in Strasbourg. Yeah. And uh, we had our first training session there in Limerick. We train every two weeks in Limerick. Okay. And uh, we were down there last week and it was a mental day and I got home and I was just like, Psh, I don't even want to be a chef. I don't even like food. I don't want to do this. But, I, um, I, what even is the Chef Olympics? It's <laughs> it's exactly what it is. It's a it's a competition ran over a week um, in the first week in February. And uh, you, like our group, we're competing against Sweden, China, the UAE, Taiwan and someone else. Did I say China? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, we're competing against them. Um, there's eight chefs that go over. There's two different parts to the competition. Yeah. So, there's, like, a restaurant review. So, you have to create a three-course meal, start a main dessert with an Irish accent. Like, it has to be Irish-based. Um, fine dining, under 500 grams, all of that stuff. Okay, different so components. each country gets to put their own food forward. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we go over, like, we have a whole team of chefs that train us. and uh, okay. like Like, very world-renowned chefs. Um and we're being flown over to, to Germany for a week in February, yeah. So You're literally I'm, representing Ireland. I'm, we're coming home and meeting the president and all someone was saying, yeah, it's mad. Like, wow. Ar- Ar- Ireland, haven't medaled, <laughs> Ireland haven't medaled since 1984. And this year, like, the team is meant to be, like, one of the best that it's ever been. So if we come home, I could, like, I'll have two, I can compete for the country, yeah. Like, it's a huge deal. How exciting. And then, of course, next year we've got the actual Olympics, so the sports Olympics. I shouldn't say the actual oh, Olympics because yeah. I'm sure that one's very popular. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just haven't heard of it. But, uh, and we'll probably be taking the boxing there as well, which is boxing, incredibly yeah. exciting. Yeah, so your two passions, boxing, well, fighting and, yeah. and, and food, yeah. are, you're, you're, you're going up against them. That's a bit of me, yeah, for How sure. Brilliant. Yeah, How brilliant. How brilliant. It's deadly. So I'm, I'm toying with that at the moment. I kind of came home and felt sorry for myself but then listen to people's opinions that I value and realise that it's a huge opportunity okay maybe I don't want to be a chef for the rest of my life but to be 21 and representing your country at anything is an opportunity that I'm not going to throw away. Yeah, so. that is incredible. Yeah. That is incredible. Yeah, and I, I, there are those kind of things do open doors in terms of getting you noticed, which ah, is great. Every single country in the world will have their best chef. I'll, I'll be in a in a stadium where every single... I hope they're televising this, are they? I think they are, yeah. Okay, I think good. it is on the telly and stuff. Yeah, like it's huge. It's it's deadly. Like we're being sent over. We, it uh, needs to be talked about more. We need to know about absolutely, it. Absolutely. Uh, it's the IKA Olympics. You can uh, Google it. I look it up on Instagram like we're getting uh, tracksuits made we're getting ceremonial suits made with the Ireland flag on it and everything and chef whites with the Ireland flag on it. it's deadly like oh it's, my god ah, it's gonna be, tricolor it's gonna be cool. chef whites yeah I know it's gonna be cool <laughs> this is absolutely great I'm so excited about this for you well done thank um, you don't burn out <laughs> I'll try my best <laughs> 
Um, all right, so so we have still haven't dug really into the how you no, did it. We kind of we kind of <laughs> we kind of went on a bit of a tangent there. So um, we'll 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 take another break and then we'll come back to that. But then I want to talk about sort of maybe where the future might go for you um, in terms of sort of of, of next endeavours. And I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about what where I can I I might foresee uh, you could go into. But anyway, we'll take a break and come back to it. Welcome back to our third section of An Entrepreneur Like You. And uh, we still have to dig into how it all happened. So what's the what were the pain points and the gain points for you, right? So in entrepreneurial terms, we'd say, okay, the particular pain at a stage was this, and this is how I got over it. So you've got the oats going out, and you've got your Instagram page, and people are sliding into your DMs for oats, mm. um, and then you're delivering them to them. Yeah. Then how did you scale it from that? So, yeah, literally people texting me. It was more so friends and stuff, putting up pictures, people asking them, texting me, and then it'd be like random people texting me. I'd be like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, like, I'd text them back and be like, oh, it's four euro a pot and two euro delivery or just m- making it up as I was and going. And who's delivering like, these pots to all over Dublin? It was all me at the start, <laughs> but then... We used to do it two days a week, but then we got the shelf life extended to seven days. So that's why we only did it one day a week. So after a lot of trial and error for months and months with flavors, uh, systems, all that, it was out of my house the whole time. Yeah. It got to the point where I had like six, six foot fridges in my house. Like I know. Yeah. I had, I had two in the back room. I tre- I, I tree so my I house- have you photos of all this have you I do yeah one day when you have a book on your life I, it's all it's <laughs> I, it, look I'm an open book and even on the Instagram anyone goes onto my Instagram yeah. go all the way back they'll see videos from where I started and where it is now and kill and I always try involve people in as much behind the scenes as I can yeah it's really important like and I'm huge on the Instagram about that but I had I had like five six foot fridges in the house. My mum came home from work one day and I had a I had a six foot fridge in the front room beside the telly, and she goes, "Kieran, will you get out of the house?" And I'm just like, it got to the point I had I think I had like five or six cafes who were getting big orders. Okay. And then I had uh, I set up a flip dish an account with flip dish. Yeah. Got my terminal, got my website, all of that. And um, just say for anyone that's not familiar with flip dish. How oh, it works. sorry. Yeah. So I was actually only talking to someone about this the other day, like how I knew how to do everything. But because I was so tied into the industry for yeah. so many years and I was engrossed in the business side of things as well. Where um, one of my stock partners actually tasted a metamalahide, the owner, Jackie. Um, I learned now I was young and naive and I'd be like, I learned everything I did on my own. But a lot of what I learned about the food industry and business did come from him. He was a he, yeah. he was and still is a huge part of my life. So from there, like we had a flip dish account. So flip dish is basically a third party that allows you to sell things. It's like Shopify. Yeah. People yeah. might know Shopify more, yeah. but Flipdish is more food oriented. Yeah. So like 99% of takeaways use Flipdish. When you go on an order, yeah. the system they use is Flipdish. So I set up an account with them um, that was being charged a bomb. It was like 6% per transaction. Yeah. So like a 20 euro order, be paying them 60 cents plus 25 cents. So yeah. it was a lot like, and I had over 75 home deliveries going out every single Saturday along with my cafes. So I literally just had to like ask people in my year that yeah. I knew had cars, can they work on a Saturday morning? Brilliant. Like, and deliver for me. So <laughs> I'd have one person going up to Russian Donna Bait. I'd have one person 
going out to swords. And these are your mates. Yeah, just my mates, people that I know. <laughs> Brilliant. And I'd be throwing them like 50 quid for like two, three hours work. So yeah. they'd be happy. Like I lost money some weeks, but just to try and keep sure. up. Because people like paid and were expecting oats. I was like, I need to get them. I'd, I'd walk, I'd get the bus and give them their oats if I had to. Brilliant. So I had like people going in different directions yeah. at the same time. I had my mum doing some deliveries on the way to work in Clontarf. Oh, good luck. And I'd go out in my own car and do deliveries too. Yeah. So six or seven of us on the road every single Saturday. So that was an absolute pain in the hole. And then January hit, I started getting more cafes and I completely yeah. cut home deliveries. Yeah. Because it was just like, it's like... It doesn't make sense to exactly, scale. Exactly. You know, you, you, if you can sell, what, like 40 pots to a cafe, something like hundreds, that? Hundreds, like they get hundreds, hundreds yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's crazy. So so it's, and I'm only dealing with one person. Yeah. They sell them. Like I'm not dealing, like I was dealing with... So over, back to wholesale. I was yeah. dealing with over 75 different people. Like I had, to, I had to take down their orders, make sure their order was there in the fridge, text them, say their delivery will be here, map out the deliveries, make sure I have drivers. So like yeah, it's endless. It's endless the things that I had to do for home delivery. It's such good learning though. Uh, absolutely. And I still, get texts on the page yeah, what's up bro any chance I can get some oats I'm like no they're around the corner <laughs> you're like from an you. oats dealer <laughs> honestly honestly yeah but um, <laughs> it's hilarious yeah. I've never seen something so healthy go out in such a great way <laughs> it's, it's crazy it's like a bottle of prime like people go crazy for them so then I moved over to just wholesale and it was just cafes and cafes after that I, I did it out of the house for a while then I got my first unit um, in Seatown Business Campus and Sorts yeah, it was great. upstairs it was Probably like a size and a half of this room. Like it was yeah. very small, but I just made do. It's very expensive as well. And then I moved around and um, I'm very fortunate to be in the unit I'm in now. Like we have a full, full, full operating kitchen, full walk-in cold room um, that we put everyone's orders in in crates and then the... Um, I see your mum's delighted to get those fridges out the house. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think I don't even know what I did with them. Yeah, I was mad. But yeah, she has a house back. But we still, I still use the house for like, because the quantity that we're going through now, there's a couple boxes in the back room and yeah. I'm sorry, Mal, move them and just yeah, try yeah. to sweeten her up and stuff. But no, she's brilliant. She's brilliant, yeah. And uh, that's that's just it, just scaling. Well, you see, that's just it. But now you're in Centra. Centra, yeah, that's, <laughs> that was a flex. That was, that was a flex, you know what I mean? I think I wanted to stay, I want to stay away from the commercialization of the product. Yeah. Because I think it'd kill it. I think I want to keep the product's identity and like everyone knows soul food. Everyone knows the cafes that it's in. Like yeah. it's a, it's like a, it's a community. It's bigger than just a pot of oats. The podcast yeah. is bigger than just a podcast. That's the way I feel about it. Um, so like if someone's going into super value and kill there and sees soul food, like they're not going to care about it. If someone goes into a cafe that they, they know I'm in and they see, so like it's a, it's a, to keep its identity, you know what I mean? Well, yes and no. Okay, so I think you're right, like kind of that you've got this connection all the way back to you and your values at the same time. But if you build the brand in a strategic way, uh, then I think that, you know, people do identify that because they'll know your story. So the one thing that you probably, as I said before the break, you know, you, the, that you might want to have a think about is, is is different mechanisms of getting your story out there of why this matters to you and why it's really important. It's not just all about your personal story, but it's the, it's the story of the the journey of the oats, right? So you have always cooked for, to care for people, like kind of to, you know, you're giving a part of yourself there in that way and that's the gift. And so these oats are an extension of that, but it won't just stop at oats. The majority of businesses will scale into other products. Have you been thinking that way always, yet? Always, always, <laughs> constantly. I could give you like three off the top of my head. Go on. But yeah, no, three. well. Give uh, me some ideas that you've got rolling around the back of your head. Right now, there was, well... 
like there's just so many but I had to stop and just completely zone in on I remember when I first started I wanted to do protein balls as well yeah and I'd mess around with them but I think I'd rather have one product to make it the best in the world than do four half hours you know Absolutely. what I mean so at this stage yes. I'm, I'm still yeah. building soul food so if soul food does eventually get to like just completely systematics like the way I see soul food is just robots and conveyor belts yeah. like in my head that's what I wanted to get to, you know? Like, I don't even make an oats the rest of my life, but, like, they work so well. Like, yeah. I, I, I honestly, like, in the warehouse, like, we do it by hand. We, like, I control, well, okay, yeah. I control the quality of them. That's, like, I probably spend too much on labour than I should, but it maintains the quality. It's like, there's nothing stopping me putting 100 oats into a cement mixer, like, do you know what I mean? But it's not what I want to do. Okay, but you can control the quality with AI. Um, so, you know, perhaps an automated process... Uh, you know, you 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 could move in that way with with a bit of machine learning that would sort of that would 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 be able to to address that. Mm. What then will you have? Because I love the I love the the mental image I've got of all of your mates flying into their cars and flying around the you know flying around the place. How are you gonna How are you gonna maintain that sort of cheeky integrity, like, and then also scale it? Yeah, I'm just learning as I'm going. That's mm. all I'm doing. Like, I'm trying to just make the best decisions I can as I'm going and. To just stay stay true like I'm just I'm not focused on anything or anyone else like I'm not I don't I don't worry who else like is making oats I remember a couple of weeks ago someone texted me uh, two pages that were like st- selling over the oats like just up and using all my flavours and they look the exact same and all and I'm just well, like that will happen Yeah, it was an ego killer for a second but then I was like hold on that's a compliment that people are trying to do what I do like True. I must be doing something well but honestly like I'm just I'm just tunnel vision I'm just focusing on myself because it's a, like I like to control the controllables like yeah. I, I can't stop you from making oats like I've had people come down and help me on production days and like there's nothing stopping them going and making oats like they know how it works it's not hard what we do and I've said that to people it's oats and oat milk and then a different flavour yeah. like there's nothing crazy that we do we just do what we do and we do it well well, you, you've you've been first to so be the be the be the first, be the biggest, be the best, right? That's so like the you've, you're first to market with this particular type of oats at the moment. But yeah. you you know you won't you won't stay there. But I, I I always think that if you've opened up a field for people and people come in, it is a it is a privilege and it is something that sort of is is you know the uh, um, you know it's it's when other people try to copy you, they usually do it in a way that doesn't have the same integrity. Yeah, and that's where the brand bit comes in. That mm. you, people will buy from you from your brand because they want to support you and your story rather than, uh, you know, a, a, a competitor that, that looks and sounds like it. Yeah. So in terms of sort of protein bars and sort of all of that aspect, are you still thinking along those lines, Down? I have, like, my brain constantly, like, yeah. I have mad ideas. Like, I just come up, like, not even just with outs and products, like, even, like, restaurant ideas and different concepts and themes and just, like, my brain's just constantly going, but I just zone in and keep my focus on soul food. Um, but I'm I'm just I'm always open to opportunities that can mm. better the situation that I'm in, and that's all I'm trying to. I'm just trying to build a better life for myself than maybe I got, or build a better life for me mad and she got. Like that's all I'm trying to do. I'm just I'm just trying my best. Like that's all that we can do. Well, at you're the end knocking of the day. out the park. I'm, I, people <laughs> say it to me all the time, and yeah, I'm just I don't know. I'm just uh, I'm just I think I'm very driven. I'm just yeah. extremely ambitious and very driven, and I just want I just want 
I don't even want better because I'm. I always try to stay content and peaceful into the situation that I'm in right yeah. now. Like just stay present, but also plan for the future as well. So, I kind of see soul food potentially as an experience. I, I'm from everything you're saying. I don't know that it's necessarily just a product. I think that there's a sort of an experience in all of that, which is really the mantra about the way that you see the world and that you live your life. Um, so you said just in the break there, you were like, you don't want to just talk big yourself up. You want to talk about some of your flaws. Oh, flaws. Yes, right, please. go on. Let's let's talk, let's talk about. about them. Them. What's wrong with you? Everything. <laughs> no, I'm uh, nothing wrong with me. I'm only I've, I've definitely had. Yeah, no, of course I know. Um, I've had. I've definitely like messed up in life before as well. I've definitely went down wrong paths and made very bad, very very bad decisions that I had to suffer the consequences for as yeah. well. So um, I've talked about it on the podcast. I've put it in captions on posts on soul food too yeah so you know i'm I'm not ashamed of it um and it's something that i want to use as well because dublin especially north dublin like some of the situations i've been surrounded yeah. in situations i've been involved in unwillingly and like people i know that i see and it's just it's taken it's dublin's taken an awful turn to be completely honest i think like even even when i was growing up like and now like seeing some some young people so if i can that's ultimately where the podcast came from really yeah. is to try and give young people who might be like me and caught up in certain situations and and groups of friends that there's other things that you can do you know like ultimately there's yeah. there's going to be bad people not bad people but bad situations and bad things that are going to happen in the world but if, if I can affect one little kid and make him not make a wrong decision that's a job well done for me you know I think it, it, ultimately what you're talking about is coming down then to opportunities and choices right so when you don't have a lack of opportunity or you have no you have no alternative mentors and I use the word mentor I really mean champions like kind of people that sort of you can say oh my god I can I can see myself in you um, and we don't have that enough for people that um, are you know coming through our schooling system at the moment we don't I mean in the states they have these incredible mentor programs for young men and like they're you know amazing um, and it's kind of there is an alternative to sort of the gangs that have occurred and everything else we don't have that same that's, structure here I've, right? that, that's one of my passions at yeah. the moment I've been talking to Sharon about it so much but she's a, a, anyone that needs counselling in North County Dublin there's a long waiting list but you need new like yeah. counselling is what she's called she's huge but I've been trying to get her to do something I just don't know how to execute it. I'd love to just be involved in because I think the podcast came from people talking to me and being like, like you're very wise, and I'd be like, am I? And they're like, yeah, like people can take like from what you're saying, and the podcast is kind of based around trying to prevent people from making mistakes that I have and that I'm not ashamed of. You don't have to be ashamed or, of. Or even making their own mistakes and then realising that that's not the end of it. You know, mm. like kind of that we, we tend in Ireland, we it probably goes back to our Catholic guilt, but we tend to carry shame in a, in a particular way mm. that we, and this is one reason we don't, um, that when people have a business that fails, uh, we don't see it in the right way. So in the States, if you haven't had a couple of failed businesses, you're not trusted as an entrepreneur. Here, you've had a failed business. It's like a, a, the death of it, yeah. you know. It's kind of we, as entrepreneurs, we're resilient. We have this sort of bounce back. Uh, we'll try again. Go, it didn't work in that form. What about in this form, you know? So it's kind of that going back to that playfulness of saying, okay, you know, I, I can make a decision. It'll affect something. If it isn't the right way to go for whatever reason, I can try it somewhere differently. So that's what I mean by resilience. And And, you know, you've, proven already that you have resilience in your personal life and in your professional life and, and the one thing will will lead into the other you know your personal resilience will will be beneficial to you professionally as, a, as an entrepreneur you know I wonder if there isn't a sort of a 
soul food experience or soul food, you know, educational ambassador program down the line where, you know, you're, you're, you're helping younger people, you know, that, that, that feel this, but at the same time also, I don't want to give you too many more ideas no, or thoughts because, I, I, because you do need to watch out. But some of the stuff that you're talking about in terms of burnout is when you're doing things with your time that are nurturing, that they actually give you energy. So I always ask myself, I have a lot of, like you, I spend a lot of plates, but like I always ask myself, okay, is this depleting me or is this nourishing me? Yeah. And most of the stuff I do that isn't paid nourishes me. So, you know, the various different initiatives that I can tell you about another time, but, you know, that I feel that really give me energy in terms of adding value to the world and like kind of perhaps it's that, balance that you know that, that that you'll be moving more towards adding value is exactly yeah. everything that i've built on even in my 13th episode um that's what i was talking about that all it is is just adding value to other people it's just for the for the way my life has formed and the the platforms that i've created just adding value to people's lives is huge to me and even you saying that uh, like some sort of ambassador program like I'm I'd stay up I'd go home right now and, and skip training and just try and get that set up well, like don't like, skip training because that's the problem <laughs> that's true that's true that's true but, yeah uh, I mean it's, it's we champion each other right so there's this gorgeous phrase uh, be a light a ladder or a lifeboat right and like kind of somewhat, it sounds like my daughter's 16 she's always going on at me about oh god don't be inspirational you know but like kind of because <laughs> it's too cheesy but I quite like that one like kind of so you know when we get to a position as entrepreneurs when we've got you know bills are paying and things are good um, and we're kind of excited about what's next like kind of sometimes I would I would say okay which am I in this particular situation can I shine a light for this person and introduce them to somebody can I can I be a ladder for them and help them get somewhere they're going and sometimes that's a connection as well you know we're only a small country of 5.5 million people like kind of we're very very well connected um, and you know the the entrepreneurial sector in this country is 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 very buoyant. This sort of ecosystem of it all, but it's a small pool of people that know each other. So mm. you know what we're doing very often is saying, oh well, I know someone you should speak to, et cetera, et cetera. You mm. know, and and all of that is done uh, tacitly, and there's no monetary value added to that. But there's huge value in terms of our connectedness. And I think sometimes entrepreneurs at the other end of their lives, when they are successful, they can feel life can be a bit hollow because they're not at that exciting stage at the beginning so they try and be philanthropic and give back and that's where you get angel investors and all of that sort of stuff from you know people try to give back to you but there's the last couple of minutes now so let's throw a magic wand into the situation of the future so yes. what does the future look like for you in an ideal world uh peace just peace that's all i want just peace and good people around me what will bring let's you put peace? It in a nutshell that's a good question um well like to Practically, like with the business and stuff, just as long as the business keeps scaling, like happy days. What are the margins like if you're moving in, into sort of the retail sector and centre? And well, it, it's good. You're like my wholesale wholesale okay. price is my wholesale price. I don't change it for anyone. Okay. Um. So that's what I said to Centre, and they if they they tried to get it down a course because <laughs> they're they a did. shop and like take it or leave it. Like and and yeah. people will go somewhere else for it. Like the demand in the market has been created. It's there. So yeah. Either come on board or like it's like Noah's Ark. It's like hop on if you want. No problem if not. You know. Um. It's a, it's funny. Every single stock partner that I have. A approached me I haven't done any outreach yeah I've done zero outreach I've I've really texted no one I've like 
That's I great. haven't done any sort of outreach marketing at all. Every everywhere that we stock approached us. It's the very I'm, definition I'm of unorganic sure. approach. Yeah. yeah, literally. So it's just word of mouth and Instagram and and a cafe following me and texting me and like I'm very like a cafe texts me and be like hi there just inquiring for wholesale thanks I send them back a voice message yeah I'm like what's happening I'll send you out on Saturday like let me know if that's alright yeah. like I'm very raw it's not like there's no whole like hello this is Soul Food Dublin like people put up stories and I text them back and I'm like oh deadly I hope you liked it you know what I mean yeah. it's like because it's just I guess it is that added value you're after opening up my eyes a little bit to what I'm doing that's it's kinda, nourishing you I can feel that that feedback is good you definitely know? yeah yeah, because it's huge. It's to me. It's like yeah, I've, I've had people texting the podcast page that I don't know, being like, "Oh, what I listened to you saying about earlier uh, really helped me." Like yeah. I've no one to talk to about this. And I remember they did a podcast about uh, love and hookup culture and relationships. And I'd be quite open about past relationships and stuff and and what I've been through. And them text me being like, "I've no one to talk to about this." I'm like, Jesus. So in that whole thing that you're talking about, I'd love to try and talk and give back. And even when you asked me to go to the school uh, last week or the week before, but I couldn't, I was snapping. I was like, I'd love to have gone to that. But um, in the future, I'd love to be involved in as much as that well, we'll, as I can. We'll definitely have you into the university at some point. But but I think, yeah, what you're tapping into there is like, this is this is a... This isn't a this isn't a product made of oats. This is um this is an offering. You know, mm. this is you offering the world something, and I, I think it's absolutely gorgeous. I could talk to you forever. Yeah, We've come we to the end again. of our time, <laughs> but um a hundred percent, I'll have you in to chat to my students as well, and um obviously I have some connections I want to uh, uh, introduce you to. Thank you. But um I just wish you all of the best. You don't need luck because you're making it yourself, <laughs> but you're doing incredibly well. So uh, if people want to find you, how do they go? What's your page called on Instagram? Uh, Soul Food underscore Dublin and the podcast is Soul Talk underscore Dublin. Is it on so Spotify? Uh, it is on Spotify. It's on, we Good. put it through ACAS, so it's on like Spotify. I don't really know what else it's on. I just try, as long as it's on Spotify, because that's what everyone yeah, uses. Yeah. So we launched our 13th episode uh, last Sunday. So yeah, it's, I like it and people do. So you might as well. Absolutely brilliant. I'm so glad we are paths crossed. Yeah. And uh, I wish you all the best. Thank you very much. Thank you.